ASAP. Any score, any place. We'll pull up on your boat, anger. Don't bang. Bro, who's making this? No, wait, Who did it? Let's go. Come on. I'm so tired from watching. 90 yard touchdown. 90 yard touchdown. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we are also joined by John Kegley, one of the original members of the show today because we're going to be doing some season-long predictions. So we need to know what his picks are for the year. But this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Just visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which is weekly on Facebook during the season. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, it's game week. The Chargers are facing off against the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow this weekend. So there's going to be a lot to talk about this week. But before we get into all that, we need to do some predictions for the season. So today we're going to be doing some over-unders. So for example, over-under eight wins for this team, over-under starts for Tyrod Taylor, Mike Williams receiving touchdowns, and a bunch of stuff like that just to see how well we think these guys are going to produce this year. And in the second segment, we'll be starting with the defensive side of the ball and some team over-unders that I want to get into before wrapping up the show with some offensive numbers that we think these guys can get to. But we're going to start with the show by talking about Anthony Lynn's press conference because he enlightened us a little bit on Mike Williams' injury and also who the starter is going to be going into this season at left tackle and much more. So we're going to start there, but let's go ahead and get into it. On Monday, Los Angeles Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn gave some updates on Mike Williams' injury and also who's starting for the Chargers this weekend at left tackle. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. One of the key themes for the Chargers the last couple of weeks has been whether they're going to have their big-time receiver Mike Williams suiting up for them against the Cincinnati Bengals Week 1. And we know how important he is to the Chargers and what he brings to the table as far as big play ability leading the NFL in yards per reception in 2019. But we've gotten very different timelines on how long he'll be out. And last week, Shane Steichen said that he's preparing as if Mike Williams would be ready for week one and Anthony Lynn is definitely sending the same message saying that he thinks that Mike Williams this week is going to be a game time decision David so at first we thought it might be two to four weeks then it was four to six weeks now Anthony Lynn is saying once again that he thinks Mike Williams could be a game time decision and actually suit up for the Chargers this weekend. It definitely seems like the Chargers and Anthony Lynn are keeping their cards close to the vest on Mike Williams. They don't want to really give out too much information before they play the Bengals in week one. But it would definitely be a big help to their offense if Mike Williams would be able to go out there and play. Also, some uncertain, also some bad news from Anthony Lynn talking about his center, Mike Pouncey. He said that he's getting better, but would not put a timetable on his availability this week, which does not sound good for the veteran being able to strap things up and start for the Chargers. So that's probably going to mean that Dan Feeney is going to move from left guard to center, and then you're probably going to see Forrest Lamp in there at left guard. So there's going to be some shuffling early for the Chargers offensive line, but 
He also finished with some good news, Daniel, because he said Justin Jackson was back running around today and will be fine this week, meaning that the Chargers should have their three-headed monster of Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, and Joshua Kelly all ready and prepared for week one. And with the amount of running the football that I think we all believe they're going to do this weekend, I think having all of those guys is very important. And I think it also sheds some light on why the Chargers elected to only keep three running backs this season, having some faith in Justin Jackson. And for him, we will see how many games he can play this season because of his recent injuries. But if he's back on track to be able to play in week one, that's definitely a good sign. And I think all eyes will be on how many rushes rookie running back Joshua Kelly gets. But Anthony Lynn also told us a little bit about the offensive line where he sees it at this point, specifically talking about who's going to be starting at left tackle for the Chargers. And David, he does know who is going to start this weekend, but I don't think it's going to instill a lot of faith in Charger fans. No, it's probably not. Uh, The starter at left tackle for the Chargers this year is going to be Sam Tevy. And when Anthony Lynn talked about Sam Tevy, he said, that he thought he got better as camp went on. He was moving to the left side, and that could be difficult. And I love the way he finished camp. Also said some good things about Trey Pipkins, the other person that was in line to be the left tackle. He said, I thought Trey did some nice things in camp as well. As of right now, Sam Tevy is our starter. The Chargers have to hope that Sam Sam Tevy is going to do much better on the left side than he did on the right side last year because last year statistically he was one of the worst right tackles in the NFL and making the jump over to the other side to be the blind side protector for Tyrod Taylor is probably a scary sight for a lot of Charger fans. They got to hope that he does much better on the left side or you could see Trey Pipkins before too long. That's definitely a possibility, and I was also interested to, to hear what Anthony Lynn said about the Chargers' offense because that was another key storyline this offseason was what is this new offense under Shane Steichen going to look like now that he had an offseason to implement it, but Anthony Lynn basically said that since they were really limited on time this offseason that if it wasn't broken, they didn't fix it, and he also said that there really aren't a lot of changes to our offense, which is something that We weren't really led to believe for most of training camp, getting that mobile quarterback, getting these new offensive skill players and the different offensive talent that the Chargers have collected here now. It lends itself towards a different type of offense than you would run with, say, Phillip Rivers, a statue-footed quarterback. So it'll be very interesting to see what this looks like. I definitely think it hurts the team not having that time to really set this offense up to make it best match the players that they have to run it. But it's going to be on the hands of Tyrod Taylor. And the Chargers are going up against a big question mark week one because they're going up against the Cincinnati Bengals and rookie quarterback Joe Burrow. And when talking about Joe Burrow to the media, Anthony Lynn said, I don't think he's going to slow down at this level. He's just that type of quarterback. We're going to have our hands full with Joe. And I think for the Chargers, having struggled with rookie quarterbacks in the past, I do think they will have their hands full with Joe Burrow, last year's Heisman Trophy winner. And I think it's going to be a very tough game for them, especially missing their star safety, Derwin James. But we do have two more segments to get into because it's time to do some predictions for the season, getting into some over-unders on some stats we think the Chargers will put up as a team, and also offensively and defensively coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that if you're like me, it's really hard when something goes wrong with your car, not only just to figure out what's wrong with it, but also to find out where you're going to get the part for that car and know that you're going to get a good price for it. And I can help you guys with rockauto.com, the best place to get any type of auto part that you're looking for because 
It's not like you have to go to a store and check to see if they have it in, in their inventory. With rockauto.com, they have the biggest selection of parts to choose from. And the best part is, is you know you're going to get the best price available, whether you're just a regular everyday driver or a mechanic. All the prices are the lowest that you're going to find. And best of all, with COVID-19 happening right now, you don't have to go out. It'll be delivered right to your doorstep. So if you're looking for any kind of brake parts, even carpet for your new car, the only place to go is rockauto.com. And when you go to rockauto.com, just make sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know they sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into some season long predictions because this is the last week we'll be able to make these kind of predictions without knowing what the chargers are going to look like. But at this point, we basically know who is going to be on the team and what to expect from those people but I actually want to start on the offensive side of the ball I thought I wanted to start defensively but I think most of the question marks are on the offense because there's so many different things to think about with this offense and I think really when you're talking about what to expect from the Chargers offensively I think it starts with Tyrod Taylor and how many games you're going to expect him to start so for this season I put the over under on games for Tyrod Taylor at 10 and a half so that's my thought process on it was if Tyrod Taylor keeps the Chargers in contention, I think he will remain their starting quarterback. But I also think that there's a good chance that the Chargers will want to get Justin Herbert in at some point this season. So, John, I will start with you. I'm putting the over-under on 10.5 games for Tyrod Taylor. Do you think he plays more or less? This is tough because I, I, one side of me says that the Chargers are 1-6. He's done, but another side of me says even if he's one and six, if Herbert's not ready, Herbert doesn't play, and they just ride Tyrod the rest of the year, even if they finish three and thirteen. I'm gonna have to say over just because I think if Herbert's not ready, which I don't think he will be, he's not gonna play anytime soon. Probably won't play till like week thirteen or fourteen, if that. Yeah, I think I would have to go over too. I do think the Chargers are going to want to let Justin Herbert's season a little bit longer. Obviously, I'm sure the Browns said the same thing with Baker Mayfield, but I think this coaching staff will be a little bit more patient than they were. I think if they're in contention, he'll definitely be there to, you know, start for the Chargers until they're out of it. But one in six, I definitely could see Justin Herbert coming in if it started off that badly. David, you going over or under? Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, over for Tyrod Taylor on starts. I think he's going to start most of the year. I think it's going to be at least. 14 games for Tyrod Taylor this year unless he gets hurt I think with this offseason with the inability to get their hands on Justin Herbert earlier and really you know mold him in you know the way they wanted to I just think that they're really gonna hold off on pushing him they they know this is a sixth overall pick so they got to take their time they got to get this one right and I think not putting him out there before he's ready is the right way to make sure that you take care of the pick and you take care of him as well. Yeah, I definitely think that there will be some games this season that he starts. Maybe if the Chargers can't help their playoff position, you know, after week 14 or their 14th game, you would just put him in so he can get some experience before he rolls into 2021 as a starter. But now, especially with Derwin James being injured, their chances of winning a Super Bowl have definitely taken a hit and they weren't great already. I mean, getting Justin Herbert valuable playing time this season, if he's ready, is going to be important. But I think that only happens if Tyrod Taylor cannot get the job done. But I think one of the players that's going to affect the most, at least 
that's the way people have thought about it so far is Keenan Allen. And obviously, if the Chargers are throwing the ball a lot less, it's going to be hard for Keenan Allen to get the target shares that he's been able to over the last couple of seasons, averaging over 100 catches over the last three seasons. So I think that for Keenan Allen, I don't think the number is 100 for the over-under because I don't think he's going to get 100. But I think that 90 is realistic. So, David, if I put the over-under at 90 for Keenan Allen's receptions, where are you going? I, I mean, Keenan Allen's unique ability to get open no matter who he's going up against, just his polished route running, his just craftiness, I, I think he's still going to get over 90 catches. I don't think it's going to be much more than 90. I have it like 94, 95 max. But I think Keenan Allen just has that innate ability to get open, and Tyrod Taylor is going to find him. I'm going to go with under, and it's just more the fact of – we're going to be running a lot. There's not going to be as many passes. And I feel there's going to be more passes to the tight ends than the wide receivers. Oh, it hurt. I think uh, I was probably going to go over. I do think that Keenan Allen will have over 1,000 receiving yards this season, but I don't think he'll need 1,000 yards. I don't think that he'll need 100 catches to get there. I think the biggest thing is with Keenan Allen is who are going to be the other options if Mike Williams is out a few weeks, the first two or three weeks. I mean, it's going to be the Keenan Allen show as far as those wide receivers go. So what kind of numbers are you going to put up in those games? Plus, he has a really good connection with Tyrod Taylor so far. You know, I'm going to say 91 receptions for Keenan Allen. I'm going to go optimistic and go with the over for that one. But another player that caught a ton of balls last year, John, was Austin Eckler. And for Tyrod Taylor, a guy that has checked down a lot to running backs in the past, I'm not going to put it at 92, which is how many catches Austin Eckler had last season, but I would put it at 80. I do think he's still going to catch a ton of passes. Right now, he looks like, what, the third best receiving option for the Chargers going into week one. I think it's Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and then Austin Eckler. Is there somebody that you trust more than that? So I'm putting it at 80 receptions for Austin Eckler this year. You think he goes over or under? I think he goes under, but I think he gets really close, somewhere around the 75 78 mark but i think mostly he got those numbers because philip rivers checked down to the running back a lot and i don't think that's going to happen as much i think if he gets the ball it's going to be because it was designed to go to him for the most part i mean i don't know i, I could definitely see tyrod taylor being under a lot of pressure especially with the announcement that sam Devy is their left tackle but i think it's just less passing attempts so that everyone's going to get less targets everybody's going to get less receptions overall as a team I just think he's very high in line for it I think somewhere around 70 is probably where it'll end up so I will go under on this one David where are you going yeah, I'm going on the under as well, Daniel, and it's because I think Tyrod Taylor is going to escape more and he's going to run out of the pocket and extend the play that way. So I think he's not going to check down nearly as much as the you know statue, as you put it, uh, Philip Rivers did in his uh, past as a you know, as the Chargers quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is definitely a lot more mobile, can make things happen with his legs. So I think because of that reason, I'm taking the under. I like in the I like it in the 70 to 75 catch range. And I, that also means when he escapes, that means he can throw the ball out of bounds too. So that means less catches there as well. Definitely. But I think it also is less automatic throwaways that Phillip Rivers might have had when there was a little bit of pressure because Tyrod Taylor is able to escape the pocket and actually make a play out of it instead of some of the embarrassing sacks we saw Phillip Rivers give up last season, just, you know, knowing, hey, I'm going down here. There's no way I'm getting away from this. 
But I think the next one is very interesting because of injuries a little bit, and that is Mike Williams receiving touchdowns. So I'm sure we had a very high over-under for receiving touchdowns for Mike Williams last year, and he ended up playing pretty much all of last year. Obviously, he was beat up you know, now and then, but for the most part, he played. And he only had two receiving touchdowns after going for 10 in 2018. So not knowing if he's going to play week one, I mean, obviously, if he misses two or three weeks, that's going to directly impact how many touchdown catches he has. But I'm putting the over-under at five touchdown catches, John. Are you going over or under that for Mike Williams? I'm going to go with the over, and I think that's because I believe he will be the number one red zone target. And with the defense we have, we'll probably get a lot of opportunities to be close, like this in the opponent's 30, 20-yard line range a lot. And I think they're going to throw the jump ball to Mike Williams a lot, and he'll capitalize on most of those. I mean, I think if he just had all of the opportunities he had last year, I mean, throughout the season that he didn't end up capitalizing on him, I think we all wish that he got more in that area of the field. I mean, you would hope he would come down with less than, with more than like two of like the 25 he got in the red zone. But I think that this year, I think he goes over. I think it's probably six or seven touchdowns. And that's, you know, if he plays the whole season and if I knew he was, maybe I'd go eight or nine with that one. But I do think he is one of the best red zone options the Chargers have hands down. But I do think the other thing is, is there's more of an option now for the Chargers to run the ball into the end zone as well because they don't have fumbling Melvin Gordon. They also have Tyrod Taylor who can always pull it and try to run it in himself once the Chargers get in close. I think that will definitely help their red zone offense. David, you going over or under? Yeah, I'm definitely going to go on the over, and it's because, hey, I like Mike Williams as a ball carrier too. I mean, remember he got that that one snap. He ran into the end zone, looked really good as a ball carrier. So uh, I definitely agree with a lot of what John said too. I think he's going to get a lot of those red zone opportunities. So I'm going with the over. I like eight uh, on the year for Mike Williams. And then Hunter Henry only played in 12 games last season, but he ended up getting six touchdown catches last season for the Chargers. And I think that's probably around where it will be, but I think that's a tough number to either go above or below on that one. I mean, if you knew he was going to play 16 games, John, which you just don't, I think you would easily go over that. I think you'd feel confident going over that, but not knowing how many games he's going to play, would you go over or under? I'll put it even at five and a half touchdowns. I would still go over on that, and I think it's because I think the tight ends are going to be a focal point of this offense, and if you get in the red zone, if Mike Williams is covered, you're going to the tight end probably. Well, and especially if Mike Williams is out, I mean, he's the number one red zone option for sure, and that could be something, you know, Mike Williams, it's not like this injury, once he comes back, could be the only thing. Obviously, he has a long list of stuff, but David, quickly, over under five and a half for Hunter Henry. I think Connor Henry is hungry. He has all the incentive in the world to do well this year. I think he's going to stay healthy, so I'm definitely going with the over. Yeah, I like that too. And I think one of the last ones I would do is just how many starts do we think that Sam Tevy is going to have this year? The Chargers, once they have their starters, they don't usually pull starters and put other guys in in the middle of the season. Usually training camp is where these decisions are made for the most part, but this year is obviously a little bit different. So I'm going to say, dude, I don't even know. 10 starts for Sam Tevy. David, are you going over or under 10 starts for Sam Tevy this year? Yeah, I don't like anything I've saw from Sam Tevy on the right side, so I definitely don't feel comfortable or excited about what I'm going to see on the left side. So I'm don't, I'm going with the under. I think he's going to play six and he's going to get pulled. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I guess this is kind of like the, uh, the biggest square off, right? Because it's the coaches 
Are you so hyped with Trey Pipkins you're going to get him in there sooner rather than later? Or are you just so steadfast in your ways of not pulling starters once the season starts that you're going to end up keeping Sam Tevy way longer than he should be in there? If it's anything like what we've seen from Dan Feeney or some other players that have kept their jobs too long, I don't feel optimistic about it, but I'll be hopeful that he'll go less than 10 games this year. But let's do one quick offensive bold prediction for the season, and that's something we try to do every year for games and for the season, our bold prediction. So, John, if you had a bold prediction for this Chargers offense, what would it be? I'm going to have to say Joshua Kelly scores more overall touchdowns than Austin Eckler in this season. I think that's a pretty good bold prediction because Austin Eckler was near the top of the league for running backs and receiving touchdowns last year, and he always ends up around double digits when you factor them all together. Uh, I mean... Joshua Kelly going to get 10 rushing touchdowns this year? I mean, it's hard to see him getting receiving touchdowns or at least more than a couple. We just don't know what his role is yet, but I think that is a bold prediction. David, where are you going? So for my bold prediction on the offensive side, Daniel, I'm going to go with Tyrod Taylor having five 50-plus yard touchdowns that he's going to throw on the season. I think he has an underrated deep ball, and I think he's going to remind everybody about it this year. Dang, I think that's a good one. I mean, I think that is something that is very underrated for his game. And I think that if he plays the whole season, I think that's a number he definitely could get close to. I mean, we know the Chargers are trying to get more speed in their wide receiving course, so maybe that means they're going to take selective chances but try to go for more big touchdowns like that. That's a really that's a good call. I mean, I think it's bold, and I still think it's definitely possible for the Chargers to do. So for my bold prediction – I'm going to say that, David, you actually almost talked about it earlier. I'm going to say that the Chargers go over 2,200 rushing yards this season. I think that the Chargers have a very special running back group. I think it's going to be hard for them not to run the ball all the time because of the guys that they have available to them. I think that Justin Jackson finds a way to be more healthy than he has in years past. I think that you still see how good Austin Eckler is, and you see even more of how good he is running the football as well as catching it. And I think... Joshua Kelly is the real key to this because I think all three of them will be involved. And I think that all three of them have a chance to be above average NFL ball carriers and at least what they're trying to do specifically. So Anthony Lynn went over 2000 rushing yards twice in his time in Buffalo. I think the Chargers are going to go from about 1400 rushing yards in 2019 to over 2200 in 2020. But we do have one more segment to get into because it's time to flip to the defensive side of the ball and get into some predictions there as well as some team predictions coming up right after this. All right, well, now it's time to get into the defensive side of things. And I think it's harder for the defensive side because there's not as many stats to choose from. Like with a receiver, you would get receptions and receiving touchdowns and receiving yards. But we're not going to be talking about interception yards for the Chargers defense. But there's a lot of guys individually, I think, that have a chance to put up some really good numbers. And I think when you're talking about the Chargers defense, You have to start with Joey Bosa, and I put his sacks this year at 12 sacks, over under 12 sacks. You know what? Since it's over under, let's do it at 12 and a half sacks, which would be right near his personal best. So, John, we're going Joey Bosa and how many sacks he is going to get this season. How many are you going to go with? Are you going over or under? With the Chargers saying they are going to be adding in the blitzing this year, I'm going to go with the over because I believe – someone is going to be running towards Joey Bosa's direction and running into a brick wall a few more times this year than usual. So I think I'm definitely taking the over, and that's because he's got $135 million coming his way. 
And also, he's going to have a new best friend in the middle by the name of Linval Joseph. The monster in the middle is going to add some pressure that he has never had the pleasure of having on his defensive line. So I think that interior pressure is going to help Bosa out. I'm definitely going with the over. I think he has a career year. I'm going with 15 sacks for Joey. Yeah, I mean, that's almost your defensive bold prediction right there. We'll see what that comes in at the end. But I'm definitely going to go over to, even though 12 and a half is the most he's ever had. So we're all saying, you know, or we're saying that they're going to go over his career best. And I think he definitely has the talent to do it. I think he's been kind of flirting with a really big number for a while now. If he can stay healthy, I definitely don't think it's out of the question. But last year, he had 18 tackles for loss. So quickly, just an over-under really quick. John, you going over under tackles for loss 18 for Joey Bosa in 2020. Easily over. And that's the most he's ever had too, David. I agree. I'm going with the over. I think, like I said, with Linval Joseph, it's going to allow him to be more free and not get double teamed as as much, which is also going to help him get more tackles for loss. I'm going over. Yeah, he also had a career best in quarterback hits last year with 31. I'm going to take the over on that one as well. He's just been straight dominant and should get more single teams with Linval Joseph. This is another funny one because Melvin Ingram in the last two seasons has had exactly seven sacks. So I'm going to put it at seven and a half this year. David, is he going to get over that seven sack hump and is he going to get, you know, a decent number, maybe push double digits? Yes, I I do believe he's going to push to double digits. I think Super Melvin gets over 10. I'm going to put it at 10 and a half. That's very interesting. I think seven is obviously kind of right around where it should be. I do think he could get some more opportunities this season, and he missed a few games last season that probably would have put him over that seven number. I think he's itching to show that he still has it going into a contract year. I think he pushes double digits on this one, so I think that he's going to do the over on this one as well. I know that's kind of optimistic, but now it's time to go to another player who hasn't had that much success in his career as far as getting sacks, and that is Justin Jones, who we've heard so much hype about during this offseason. And every, you know, we have Melvin Ingram swearing that this is going to the going to be his breakout season, and he's not the only one saying that. But the guy only has half a sack in two seasons, 27 games. So I put the over-under at two and a half, and that's, you know, five times as many sacks as he's had in his career. David, are you going under or over two and a half? Well, surprise, surprise, people. I'm going to go the over. I think this is going to be the coming out party for Justin Jones. I'm going to put it at four and a half sacks on the year for JJ. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to say it's over. I, I think it's going to be over. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under for this one. one. I, th- I'll I believe think it's it when going to be it. over, but I think it's only because he benefits from everyone around him. I feel like with sure. Rosa joseph and ingram being around i feel like he benefits from that and every now and then he's gonna have that one quick little free rush that he just gets in on the qb and gets that a couple of sacks like that and he's looked quick too i mean it is surprising that he only has half a sack supposedly he's looked really explosive so far his body looks like he's in great shape i'm I'm going to, I really want to go over on this. I'm going to go over. I think the Chargers are going to have a lot more sacks than they had last year. Last year, they ended up 28th in the NFL as far as sacks go. I think they're going to demolish that this season. I think it starts up front. And if there's anyone getting single coverage or, you know, single blocking on that defensive line, if you have a chance between those other three guys and then Justin Jones, I mean, you're going to single block Justin Jones to be sure. 
But let's get to the secondary. Or you know what? Let's go to the rookie and the tackle. So we have Kenneth Murray starting for this first year with the Chargers, and he should be starting right out of the gate from what we've seen. I put the tackle number for Kenneth Murray at 80 tackles. John, are you going over or under 80 tackles for the rookie? I'm going to have to go over. I feel like like he's going to be all over the field making plays, even if someone catches the ball. I feel like he's making that tackle, so I'm going over. I think the Chargers have been waiting for a guy that has this type of speed, this type of mentality in the middle of their defense for a long time. I'm going with the over. I'm very confident that Kenneth Murray, I think, is going to go over 100 tackles in his rookie year. I won't go with 100 because I put the over under at 80 because I thought it would be around 80. I'm going to go under just because I think it is a new defense. It's a new level for Kenneth Murray. I do think it's nice that they're putting him at Mike to really simplify things for him. I mean, he's going to have a lot of chances at making tackles, but I also think that there could be times where they tried to get him off the field just due to the lack of coverage snaps that he had in college. I think that he's going to have to work himself into that area, and I think the Chargers love sub packages more than anybody. But I could definitely, I mean, I could see 75, I could see 105. That's how good Kenneth Murray is. But let's get to the secondary real quick, and we're going really long, and there's still some team ones I want to get into. But let's put it this way. Who is going to get the most interceptions on the Chargers this year? I'll put the options at Nazir Adderley, Casey Hayward Jr., Chris Harris Jr., and Rayshon Jenkins, who led the team last year with three interceptions. So I'm changing up on you guys. We got to condense it. We don't have to go through them individually. But, John, who of those guys do you think is going to lead the team in interceptions? I'm going to say it's Casey Hayward. I feel he's going to be a lot more opportunistic with his with his chances of catching them and actually make the catches this year. And he has a lot you know, more talent in the guy that could be outside of him at some points, maybe when the Chargers are in base formation and Chris Harris Jr., so maybe he gets targeted more this year too. David, who are you going with? I mean, this is probably not much of a surprise, but I'm going with Nazir Adderley. I just can't wait to see this guy on the football field. Really excited for him. I'm, I think he's going to lead the team in, in, in interceptions. His ball skills and just his, his feel out there is on a different level, I think. This one's tough for me because if I knew Adderley was going to play the whole season, and it, you know, I would definitely say it's him. Plus, he's moving to the position that Rayshon Jenkins played last year if he is going to actually start at free safety. That's the guy that you would think would have the most chances Casey Hayward has led this league in interceptions before. Ugh. I think that Casey Hayward Jr. and Nazir Adderley are both going to be tied with four interceptions this season. That's my final prediction there. But let's go in and get into a defensive bowl prediction before we get into some final team predictions. John, where are you going defensive on the defensive side of the ball for your bowl prediction in 2020? I'm going to say this team ranks in the top five in rush defense. Oh, and this is a team that has not done well as far as, you know, stopping the run historically, or at least over the last few seasons, efficiency-wise and just, you know, total overall numbers. Uh, they have the defensive line to do it, I think. David, where are you going for your bold prediction defensively? So my bold prediction on the defensive side is that the Chargers are going to be in the top five in turnovers. Wow, I think that would be great news. I mean, I guess Derwin James would be the only reason, you know, that would give you some hesitation. But I do think I do think this team is going to come back strong from one of their worst turnover margins that I've ever seen them have, which was negative 17. We'll get into that number. But my defensive bull prediction this year is that even with 
out Derwin James as David ended up putting it on Facebook. I think the Chargers will end up having a top five scoring defense in the NFL. And I also think that as far as pass coverage goes, even without Derwin James, they will still be in the top 10 with that secondary with the pieces they have left over, even knowing they're missing one of their best players. But I want to get into some team stats and start with that turnover margin. If it was negative 17 last year, I'm going to put the over-under at a whopping zero this year, and that would be a 17-point difference, John, from what they did in 2019. So are the Chargers going to be negative or positive in their turnover margin? I'm going to have to say they're going to be positive. I think it's just what we've been talking about. Tyrod takes care of the ball, and Melvin Gordon's gone. He usually fumbled the ball. I don't think Austin Eckler's going to be getting much red zone carry, so that's less fumbles there. And the defense can't get any worse than they were last year with turnovers, so I think it's going to be positive. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I think it's going to be positive. David, there's no way you're going negative here. No, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely with you guys for all the same reasons. I'm going positive. Uh, More blitzes, more interceptions. This defense is going to be much better in that regard. Yeah, I mean, we're all counting on the Chargers being 17 takeaways or giveaways better than they were last season, which I think just shows you how really bad it was last year. And then you factor in how many one-score games the Chargers lost. And you realize they weren't nearly as bad as their record said that they were last season. But So the last one I want to get into really quickly is just the overall wins for this team. And I guess this is basically the same as what our prediction is for the Chargers record this season. So when we're talking about this team in 2020, I put the over-under on wins, David, at 8.5. So for that, are you going to go under or over for the Chargers overall win total? Well, anybody who knows me knows I'm just an incredibly optimistic person. That's just how I view life. So I'm going with the over. I like somewhere in the neighborhood of 9 to 10 wins. I think I'm going with 9. I think it's going to be 9 and 7 this year. John, are you taking that over? No, I'm not. I am taking the under. I'm going to say somewhere about 6 and 10. I think injuries are going to be a problem this year, and I'm not confident the offense is going to do enough to win games. There could be a lot of 16 to 10, 19 to 13 type of games for this team that we lose. And that would be two more losses than Tyrod Taylor has ever had in any one season. The most losses he ever had in his three years as a starter with the Buffalo Bills was eight. And I made this so tough on myself because obviously I came up with the over-unders. So it's making it really hard when I have to decide on them, which one I'm going to go with. But I think the Chargers end up being around a 500 football team without Derwin James. That's how important I think it is. There's no wins above replacement for NFL players. But if there was something like that for, you know, an independent defensive guy like Derwin James, I mean, what, a couple of wins a season, guys? I mean, that's how important every game is in a season and how important the little things are for each team. And one player like Derwin James getting a game-winning tackle or stopping a team on third down or fourth down to win a game, things like that will definitely make it a lot tougher for the Chargers and just not having his presence on the defensive side of the ball. You factor in the fact that the Chargers have Tyrod Taylor and they have a lot of transition offensively with their offensive line, their wide receivers, even their tight ends to some extent and running backs. I mean, there's a lot of turnover there. I think the Chargers are about eight. I'm going to go... Under eight and a half wins, I think the Chargers win eight games this season. I think eight and eight is about what they're looking at. And I think if it's anything worse than that and they're projected to do worse that worse than that as the season progresses, I think we see Justin Herbert come in the game. But 
that is going to do it for our season-long predictions. This one went a little bit long, but I definitely think there's a lot of things to look forward to this season. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to talk to you about the final episode of Hard Knocks. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. If you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, we want to do a show doing voicemails, but we haven't gotten enough lately. The number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. As always, tomorrow breaking down the next the last Hard Knocks episode. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.